Pools have many states. We flock to them for play and restoration when they're full. When they're empty or stagnant, they're often neglected. We use pools to give birth, to cleanse ourselves and to relax. We dam to support agriculture and to redirect water to cities. When brimming and clean, pools are sites of relief. The opposite when poisoned or depleted. Access to pools has instigated social movements and changed the course of history. They are sites where we gather. Pools is the grounding theme of this episode. First, we talk to Kieran Bryant about his work Waterlog, his love of water and its metaphorical possibilities. Water is so rich in histories and life. For me, it feels like the ultimate medium to work with. My name's Kieran Bryant. I'm a Sydney-based artist. I work across a lot of different disciplines, but kind of primarily um, performance, video, text-based work. I have a long-term collaboration called 110% with Beth Dillon and Lachlan Hurd. Um, And it kind of really, whatever the project needs, I kind of, um, that's what I work in. But it's very centered around um, for probably the past four years it's been heavily centered around water water in all forms Um, initially it was kind of looking at water infrastructures and kind of urban environments and how they could kind of be re-centered in a queer way lately the past couple of years it's been looking at water kind of through a traumatic lens you can use water in a literal, metaphorical, kind of poetic sense to assess and move through and kind of heal pain. And is that how Waterlog came about? I was asked by Performance Space last year that it's for their annual fundraising. It was called Creating Quarantine. And they asked, I think, about five artists to produce self-portraits of themselves in I guess the weird time that we're kind of still in. I'd moved down to back to Tasmania with to my dad's house, and he lives in this rural, like fishing village in the middle of nowhere called Stanley. And it's most famous for it's called the Nut. It's this big volcanic plug on the end of the peninsula that the little village is on. And I would climb up there every day, and you kind of you feel like you're weirdly you're so high, but you feel like you're in the ocean, like on top of the ocean, because it's just the water's everywhere. I kind of found myself wanting to produce a self-portrait that drew together threads of thought that I was kind of thinking about that time. So, you know, whether it be like climbing up to the nut or, you know, um, past kind of traumas or projects that didn't happen that were meant to happen that year, bits of pop culture, music drew together to form this like a little um, tiny narrative, I suppose. There are tides in the body. Waterlog and how you use lots of different elements in it, pop culture and news clippings and all these types of things, personal introspections. How do you converge them together? What's your idea in your head? Do you do you mood board everything out or do you just go from a memory and a feeling and then connect that to another memory and a feeling and, and just kind of go down a rabbit hole and see what happens? kind of do both like I you know have an idea usually if it's for a project I know what the project needs so I kind of have a framework that I'm 
like, you know, I cast my net out and I'm searching for particular things and then I draw them together and I'm and mood boarded and then condense and condense and kind of mold into what I want. But then if I'm kind of working on something more open-ended, I'm just one thing connects to the other and to the other and to the other. And, and then it's a conscious thing of, okay, I need to draw it back to what did I initially want to talk about or think about. Especially with something like water, because it's so expansive. You talk about the internet as a type of water, like the ocean of the internet and how that's like a way that we all kind of connect to each other during COVID, especially floating through this worldwide web of weirdness, which is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Especially like these, you know, this past year, 18 months, we've been so disconnected physically, you know, we've had to connect via the internet. I mean, maybe more than we've had ever before. And I think it it does feel like bodies of water, you know, like there's a vast ocean, that gulf that kind of you can go on forever and ever of the internet. But then, you know, you can can come down to smaller and smaller, you know, from like a river to stream, down and down little tributaries of, of the net until you get to the smallest niche thing that you could ever think of on the internet. And somehow you've found that on the in this vast ocean, it's quite amazing. To the memory of a friend, drowned off Water Island, April 1960. Finally, from your house, there is no view. The base blind mirror shattered over you and Patchard took your body like a log. The wind rolled up to shore. The senseless drowned have faces nobody would care to see. But water loves those gradual erasures of flesh and shoreline, greenery and glass. And you belong to water, it to you. What kind of feelings does water evoke for you? I mean, many, like, you know, on one hand, it can be really therapeutic and gentle and calm and kind of almost feel like um, a heavenly body. But another, you know, it's so violent and aggressive and terrifying. The mood and emotions, I think, from water, they evoke something similar to humans, like the whole gamut of emotions that we go through. I think that you can kind of see the same in water as well. Is there a body of water or a type of water that you most resonate with? Probably right now it's flaming water pit in like the Gulf of Mexico. That's my God. It's so horrible. I mean, it's so beautiful at the same time, but it's, it's so tremendously sad. And that is a water oddity. Like it shouldn't exist like we created that, it shouldn't be there, but we made it happen, unfortunately. I think I've always been really interested in the idea of vastness and limitlessness and, and the ideas of like water planet. Um, movies like Water World, you know, when you're looking at most extreme version of climate change in which there's no more dry land and it's, it's, only, it's only water as far as the eye can see. I think that's always really stuck with me because it, it's such a serene yet like terrifying vision of the future. And you belong to water, it to you. 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 That was Kieran Bryant talking about his work, Waterlog. 
Next, we hear from Una Slater and Megan Payne discussing their radio show, Land Swimming, centred on a series of land swimming lessons during COVID-19. I'm Megan Payne, um, and I'm a dancer, choreographer and writer living and working on Wurundjeri land. And I dance in a lot of work by other people, so I feel like a large part of my practice is collaborating and helping others realise their ideas. And I also write poetry and I'm working on a fiction book at the moment. Last year, I was involved in land swimming with Una Slater. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm Una. Um, And similarly to Megan, I work as both a maker and a dancer and performer for other people. And at the moment, I'm mostly engaged in being a performer, but um, spent most of the last year involved in making land swimming. I think Una posted something on Instagram. We also didn't know one another very well and you posted something about missing swimming and mm. water and I was at a at somewhere along the span of my journey of like missing water and swimming, maybe having lots of baths. And we organized a Zoom call and we were practicing swimming lessons. Yeah. On land. We were practicing well, it kind of came out of really longing to be swimming. The work itself formed itself and continued to form itself along the way. Yeah, it became this weekly radio show that explores different watery themes and offers a lesson of some sort that is maybe physical instructive or maybe more of a meditation. I mean, we did lots of different lessons trying to continue to swim when there aren't bodies of water available was the through line between the episodes yeah Yeah. but it became so much bigger than that and a project that was formed during a long period of lockdowns here and was hosted through bus projects who created a space a community radio space during those lockdowns as a way to present artists work and keep the dialogues open where there was lack of being able to be physically together. Each episode is thematically driven mm-hmm. and we talk about all kinds of watery themes. Sometimes they're like related to a body of water. So we did a rivers, lakes episode and sometimes they're less focused. Yeah, like sometimes we would we'd structure it around a theme of say longing We had never really specifically focused in on pools and I was sort of surprised when Mm. I realised that because we talked in such great detail of definitions of lots of bodies of water and when you think about swimming I think you often imagine like a swimming pool and while we had a lot of conversation around memories of swimming pools and obviously whenever we would talk about missing kind of lap swimming we would bring this pool into it but we never focused so specifically on defining pools or talking in the same way we had about a lot of other bodies. Fittingly we we touch on pools and lakes in talking about the way that a lake is a pool but a pool isn't necessarily a lake and I started to think about that kind of boundary that is maybe defining of a pool to me 
And we were talking about the activeness mm-hmm. of pull as a word, that it is a noun and both a verb. And when you think about it as a verb, it has this activeness of kind of gathering and bringing water together into a place. And so that a pool still has the movement that a lot of other bodies of water have, but in a very different way, in that it's bound and kind movement of accumulated. in terms of the water moving yes, within its, yeah, within its boundaries. Space rather than mm. like a river where it's flowing in a trajectory or... I kind of see pool as having a, um, a dotted line as its porous perimeter and it's a circular dotted line, but there is movement moving into the pool and moving out of the pool. So there's this kind of gathering and then this outletting. I guess that relates a bit to how pools are quite hard to pin down. Pin down. Like they're... Mm a part of a lot of other bodies of water. My way of approaching missing swimming at first was, yeah, to have this breathing technique and this arm movement, which I think probably is very informed by my background and Megan's background as performers performers and dancers and people who use their body in that, that way. And we've delved completely into language and music and all of the rest of that, which became so strong for us in making that watery landscape but it did come from the physicality and I think it stayed there and also our preparation before we delivered the episodes like we do these long body warm-ups and breath work exercises Mm. (laughs) we sort of had to warm up in the way that we would before a um, dance performance even though we were just sitting at our laptops with a microphone in front of us and it so, was approached in a performative manner mm-hmm. with the reference of like what we've known in that like I felt like I went into that world and I had like a persona in a way. Yeah, definitely that need to feel prepared physically. But also, correct me if you disagree, mm-hmm. but that persona felt more like a way of being able to transmit and share the feelings that we had. We had some kind of offshoot episodes um, like this one where it was the whole episode was a story that we'd written but it was really about ex- describing a experience and the feeling of moving through this water world and I think that's very informed by our background of being performers and working with like the body the body and and in different improvisations that kind of yeah it was like we just have our voice and then through our voice we um want to give listeners the experience of their body thinking about the themes and the ways that we approached water we probably began with the body and then we we dive off from there so in the way that we categorized and organized things it would be like quite sensorial and the Mm. different ways that we would feel and experience water like the feeling of floating or experiences swallowing water breathing Mm -hmm. I do think that it feels a little bit like we organized them from close from close to us moving out we did kind of step really far back and look at and look at it in this big overarching way our own bodies kind of were the intermediary. I feel like land swimming became this container that just grew and grew and grew. Like the radio offered a space to like put all these things into all these watery things. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, our practice of creating was about gathering all these watery 
things, objects, ideas, feelings, experiences that we just encountered or sought out. And in a way, because they're watery, it's like a pooling. Because our world was like so small in some ways at the time and like I was doing it physically in like a very simple way of just putting all these watery objects in my room and bringing to the forefront, like pulling out all my books related to water or making playlists of watery songs. The radio show was a perfect way to gather. Yeah, and we'd also mould and adapt the pool of the space of the episodes a little bit as well. Mm. Like it wasn't this um, endless growing, endless pooling. (laughs) Um, Sometimes we did, you know puncture a hole somewhere and let out a little bit of water because it didn't feel appropriate and in that way I guess it was a bit responsive to what was happening in the world around us like land swimming wasn't this wasn't a bubble of isolation it was responsive to seasons and the rest of the world in this quite in this way that felt very playful and also but also really sensitive yeah and malleable Thank you for listening to another episode of Canvas Unframing Art and Ideas. Thank you to all the artists who shared their stories, voices and work. To find out more about the artists featured in this episode, scroll down to the show notes. This episode was brought to you by our fabulous team, co-executive producers Emerald Dunfrost and Isabella Sanasi, producer and audio editor Kanika Kerpolani, researcher Eleanor Zorowski and me, your host Aisha Ash. Our intro music was made by Jackie DeLacy. Canvas is an FBI radio podcast. If you like what you're listening to, hit subscribe, leave us a review and share this podcast with someone you love. Check out our Instagram at canvas underscore 94.5 FBI for more great art content and show updates. Kia paitera. Have a good day.